This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. And now we have a treat for sports fans everywhere. It's really important that professional athletes learn what uh, to say and how to deliver their message. We've got a great first half. Make sure you keep the ball doing the work. We're still looking to get it in the wide areas. First of all, it's the correct stadium design, but also the correct pitch construction. And that clash, that rivalry comes together with that traditional white blocked against that more modern contemporary neon color. All these events live on the programme. We'll continue to do our best to cover sport in the way that you like, backed up by our highly professional team. Grandstand starts now on BFM 89.9. Yes, hello. It is time for another episode of Grandstand. This is where we look at sports from a different angle. Yes, it's me, Ross Yusof. Now, uh, yeah, I've spoken to loads of interesting people so far. Today, in the studio, we've got a female football coach. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show, Keshika Subarao. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in. Um, I, I, I first, we, we first met on Bola at Mama. Where, uh, I think it was an Astro TV show. No, I, I, I haven't been on there. No? I was really young at, when that show was going on. Really? <laughs> yes. So, okay, no, it wasn't you. Someone looked like you. I can swear we met somewhere before. Um, anyway, I, I I follow Keshka on on Instagram and and on your on your Instagram and on your uh, website as well. Your um, uh, you it says you're an England FA approved coach, mm-hmm. certified coach. You're a football scout. You're a football writer at Unorthodox Football. Yes. Immediately, <laughs> my interest was peaked. I thought, right, I gotta get this girl on the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into football in the first place? Uh, I've always loved football from a very young age. You, you're Malaysian, right? Yes, I'm Malaysian. Right. And where where did you hail from? Which part? Uh, I was born in Para, in Ipoh Para, but then I grew up in KL. You a Bosgaros fan? Mm, not mm, really. Slang on. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah. Um, Carry on with the story. Uh, Alright, so I loved sports in general from a young age, but particularly football. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to play when I was really young because I actually went to a Mandarin school. So in a Mandarin school, the dominant sports is basketball and then you have table tennis. And you're quite tall. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, let me pause you there. Um, Did people look at you weird because you were a girl and you were really into football? At that age, at that time. I didn't notice it as much when I was young. I was very uh, oblivious to what's going on around What's got you into it? Did you have loads of brothers who who watched it all the time? No, actually, I have one brother who doesn't watch football. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, um, a kid with a love for the game, how did that develop? My dad used to play semi-professional football. For, For whom? For like government departments back in the day. Okay. And then he when, when when football in Malaysia was actually real, <laughs> yeah. right? A proper yeah. level as well. Yeah. Okay. And then when I was born and when I was growing up, he wasn't playing, but he would watch football all the time. So I would watch the sport with him. And then during the World Cup, uh, we would get this humongous poster where you can track the teams, and then you know you fill in. Oh the yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah! Love those wall charts. We used to get them like for free everywhere. Yep, yeah, yeah. So we would. Uh, do those things together So it became like A bonding activity And he also had This huge trophy case With all those Medals and photos So I was really interested In what's happening there But 
I didn't realize like oh it's a guys thing or a women's mm, thing or mm, anything. Mm. I just really liked it. So how old it. were you at, at that time? You you you're talking really young. Very young, like six, seven. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so schooling followed. Yeah. Uh, primary school, secondary school, mm-hmm. and then did you you went abroad to, yes. to study? Yeah. To further your studies. What 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 did you do? So I went abroad when I was 17, uh-huh. immediately after my SPM uh, papers. Yeah. You did do well? No, I didn't really care if I did well because <laughs> I already got accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Uh, Were you excited? I was Scared? very excited. Really? I was more excited because finally it was a chance for me to do football in a more detail, like more into the sport. Yeah, yeah. In a country that actually lives and breathes yeah, the exactly. game and stuff like so, that. For me, my focus was just on, oh my God, I get to go to a country where everything is football. So, which part of the UK did you settle in first? So, when I first got there, I actually settled in Oxford because that's where I did my foundation studies. And they were pretty rubbish, weren't they, Oxford United? I think they beat Man United (laughs) once. (laughs) Mm. They're not even in the top (laughs) No. But they actually were very kind to me. They gave me my first chance to uh, intern with them for media purposes. So, what did you do for them? You know, just cover matches, see how they carry their day-to-day activities. So you, uh, you saw the rough running of a football club. From, yeah, from and that I also age. got uh, I also got the chance to shadow the uh, female football team's uh, manager at the time. Ah. So it was really cool. So did you consider playing at this point? You're 17, coming to 18. Obviously, you, you must have tried out. You love the game so much, no? Well, at that time, I knew that I couldn't possibly just jump into it because I had, hadn't gotten a chance to play like previously. Yeah. So I did play but it was more on the amateur side. Social level. Yeah, social level. Sometimes I would train with uh, sort of professional teams but I would never actually commit myself for the full-on season. So what course did you do in the UK? Well, I started out doing foundation in science mm-hmm. because I got accepted to do a football degree. So the foundation in science is the first step to get into the degree. This is this is so interesting. I, do you know, if this was around, actually, even if I said that to my dad, he would have said no. <laughs> you're a doctor, you're a lawyer. Old school Asian problem, that one. Tell us about a football degree. Where is it held? What what what? How is it made up? Was it a three-year course, like a normal degree course? Yeah, it, it's a three-year course. It's like a normal degree. But unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to find out much because I got accepted. But by the time I actually finished my foundation, I decided not to pursue uh, the football degree. Why? Because it was a very new degree at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was 17. So when you're 17 and you're alone in this country mm. and everyone's telling you, you know, reconsider, it's a tough sport to be in. There was even these statistics where they were like, uh, one in 10,000 people get into the industry. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like, you know, you might want to really think about this first. And then I really thought about it. And I thought, you know, it's more sensible to do football while I pursue another degree. Okay. Okay, that, that is sensible. Uh, would you would you would you have changed it now? Now, if you can go back, go back. I don't think so because the things that I gained uh, and learned from my law degree, I can actually apply them to other aspects of my life, including cool. football. Cool, brilliant, brilliant. I, I yeah, law degree, Carlo versus Carbolic <laughs> smoke ball. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's all come that thick law book, <laughs> my English law, that really horrible thick book. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Terrible memories. All right. So, how long was your stay in the UK? Almost five years. Got to take in many matches, I take it. 
not so much because it was really hard to kind of balance a law degree mm. and then doing your law internship and then doing your football mm. things at the side as well mm. but i tried to go to old trafford as much as i can mm-hmm. i went to matches that are you know in line with my schedule yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Where, where possible same i mean whenever united played at crystal palace because i used to live near there i was oh. always there at selvas <laughs> park and and i used to go to charlton when, when they were a top club as well but um <laughs> you miss living there some days i do i miss the cake shops i miss <laughs> the fact that everywhere serves good tea <laughs> proper tea and good coffee as well uh, yeah well i don't drink coffee <laughs> but you know proper tea very important um, <laughs> Uh, so okay, uh, what well, you stayed there for five years? Mm-hmm. Your your interest in football just super peaked. Mm-hmm. Your at that time, what are you doing? Are you are you writing blogs? Are you right? Well, I actually started writing blogs when I was about fourteen. Mm. When I was in Malaysia. Oh wow! So by the time I actually got. To the UK, it was off and running. Yeah, it was well. off and running, but I knew that that was just a way for me to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be exclusively writing okay. blogs. Okay. So uh, I actually wrote to a couple of editors, magazines, websites, and asked them if they would take me on. Mm-hmm. And some did, but not all of them are based in the UK. Mm-hmm. So some were like based in Italy, in all over the world. So I would actually divide my time between studying and writing for them brilliant. and covering like football events for them that are happening in London. Absolutely brilliant. That, that, yeah, I mean that, that's rare to um especially Asians, Southeast Asians doing something you love and actually making money out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like wow, imagine if everybody did that. <laughs> How harmonious <laughs> and and productive would this country be? Hmm? Um all right, so uh, you you did that for five years. You came back here. What mm-hmm. age? What twenty? One. Uh, twenty one, turning twenty two. Okay. And what did you do when you came back? So when first I of all, the back. heat the heat must have hit you. <laughs> wow, humidity. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was excited to be back because the food here is better. But um, I tried doing a lot of coaching. I tried getting into football in many ways, mm-hmm. but I realized that. In Malaysia, there's often more to football than just the sport. Mm-hmm. So that made it very difficult for me, especially with someone that don't really have much connections here. It is all about who you know, yeah. really. So yeah. for me, because I left from a very young age, yeah. and then I came back, yeah. my connections are more international than local. Yeah. yeah. So what, what about your dad? With with, with um, having played, and could he, could he have helped out? Did he help out? Well, his playing career was just you know semi-professional. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, to yeah, that level yeah. where. He still has connections to any footballers, and most of his teammates they aren't professional footballers either. So not really. No one in my family actually so know football. Didn't you panic? Didn't you cry? Didn't you go take me back to England? What am I doing here? I'll take some nasi lemak with me. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I knew that uh, there, there's a reason that I'm forced to be back here, so I just have to find the reason. It wasn't easy, but I know that football is what I want to do. So I'm not just gonna. Leave because it's hard, so I just decided to keep trying. Okay, well, we'll we'll find out after the break how Kashika kept trying and how she actually pays her bills every month. Stick with us on Grandstand. More Grandstand coming right up on BFM eighty nine point nine. Be firmly motivated. BFM eighty nine point nine. A view of sports from every angle. This is Grandstand. 
Hey, thanks for sticking with us on this week's Grandstand. We're talking to Kashika Subarao, who is a female football coach. So far, we've had her, her young life in the UK. She's come back a fresh-faced, nearly 22-year-old now, uh, 23-ish. Um, and um, what did you do? So you came back to KL. Uh, you, 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 you know you loved football, but you didn't know how... To get into it and make it pay, correct? Yes. So when I came back, I actually sent my resume to a couple of coaching academies trying to get in. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard to hear back. Before that, during my summers when I would come back to Malaysia, mm -hmm. I actually did some voluntary coaching for various uh, charitable organizations just to gain experience. This is what? Coaching kids? Coaching kids, yeah. Alright. So I don't mind coaching anyone. I mm. just want to mm, coach football. Mm, mm, mm. So when I applied to many places, it took a very long time to hear back because they only get back to you when they're really short on coaches and have no choice but to look for someone that can get things done. Mm. But did so you got a break? It it was a break. It was more like oh, a couple of jobs here and there. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, Describe the feeling on the field with a whistle, you know, people listening to you. Is, is that the ultimate? Is that what it's all about? For me, it's coaching the kids especially when they can't do something or they don't even like football. And then by the end of the session, they love it because of the way that you present it to them. And also coaching girls, especially when the group of uh, footballers that you have are full of guys. Mm -hmm. and then you have one kid that's a girl mm. that didn't want to play football not yeah. because she doesn't like the sport but because uh, how she feels being among all the guys yeah, 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 and yeah. then when you go in and make a difference and make her stay I mm. think those are the moments that I look for when I'm coaching what what's what do you think the standards like with our kids here in Malaysia I mean you you've seen you've seen English kids I think in Malaysia you have a long way to go because of the importance that people place on the sport it's either they want their kids to be the next Ronaldo or they do not want them to take it seriously it's just the playtime thing so there's a very big contrast yeah that's a that's a, that's a great analogy um, and, and that is probably the problem why we, we are so good at what we do <laughs> 170 in the world or something <laughs> all right so you coach now today in Malaysia yeah where do you do that all over the place, actually, because I actually work together with um, ASA. Mm -hmm. So they're an international coaching organization. So we do we work together with NGOs to use football to make a difference to underprivileged kids. Oh wow! Yeah, so those are very much project based. So it could go on for a very long time or a very short time. It's not something that I determine. Mm. So yeah, I, I do that. But that takes up a lot of your time now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that pay? Of course, <laughs> um, and and uh, what else do you do? You do, 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 do obviously, I mean, we're recording this when the World Cup's actually on. Uh, round three of matches is about to start. Um, you watch a lot of football on of TV. Course, yes. What? What? Uh, I know you're a Man United. <laughs> uh, you lean towards the red side of Manchester. Who have you been following in the World Cup? I have been supporting Germany for the past ten years. And then before that, when I was a really young kid, I used to support Portugal. Oh. So these two are sort of my team. And then During I mean, the Figo era. Yeah. And all that. yeah, yeah. Well, that and was a strong Portugal. And also so. right when Ronaldo was getting into yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, local football, do you follow it at all? 
Not really, because growing up, uh, it was very hard to find exposure for those sports. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can understand what's going on mm-hmm. just by switching on the TV or anything, or even like googling back then. And then when those things started being implemented, I already left the country. So it was a very bad timing. But yeah, I'm interested. I'm trying to you know get to know people, trying to learn what's going on within the local football scene beyond so, the leagues. Okay, so uh, uh, apart from the, the coaching, uh, do you do anything else you know in, in KL? Uh, well, I write for international uh, football organizations, but pretty much I'm trying to start, uh, not start, but try to run my own uh, football website. What do you want to do on your football website? I've been doing it for quite a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I just want to write anything that's football relevant mm-hmm. without the need of like, sort of being restricted. Because in my previous experience working for all kinds of different media outlets, mm. there's always a restriction. You have to write a certain way, you have to support a certain view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to do something that's, uh, that, that is going to allow me to express myself without being chained to something. Do, what do you think about VAR? V-A-R. <laughs> I mean, it's been the story of, of the 2018 World Cup. How, what, what, I mean, are you for or against it? I'm actually for it. <laughs> I'm for do you think it. it's been well implemented at the World Cup? I think they're getting used to the technology. And I understand a lot of people are against that. Mainly because I feel like when you're trying to introduce something and there's a change, it's very hard to cope with the change. Mm. So I think people will get around to it, but this is how the football is going to evolve to the future by implementing technology. You get better results; it's more accurate. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, less less cheating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, it's been good. I I, I think we, we've seen penalties overturned, which mm-hmm. we've never seen yes. before in yes. in football. But I, I don't know. I can imagine English people in pubs going, mm, bah, humbug, <laughs> yeah, what's this video assistant yeah. referee nonsense? Um, it does take away a lot of what football is actually about. It's a social thing. Mm-hmm. People talk about it in, in restaurants, in, in get-togethers at the weekend when they see each other and stuff like that. Don't you find that with technology, the way it's going? Or no? I think there's more at stakes these days compared to maybe like 10 years ago. So every small thing that happens on the pitch, even off the pitch, is being analysed and we're correcting their diet. Even We're going so far to even correct their water temperatures that the players drink. So if we don't allow technologies like VAR to be implemented alongside the referees, then we're going to really see a lot of like on-pitch violence, but also people getting less interested in football mm, years mm, down the road. Mm. I, I think, yeah, I mean... A lot of local, a lot of Malaysians aren't interested in local football simply because we're not good at it, right? We, we, we get thrashed and people would rather watch Liverpool or Manchester United or Spurs because you know they're giving you 100%. Mm-hmm. They, you cheer for them and, and, and that is the crux of the problem. But w- would you, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll throw this to you. Um, mm-hmm. Would you agree that diet is a big problem? 100%. That's one of the main problems of football. Even eating one like cheesecake makes a huge difference. In, I mean, you can test it out yourself. If you try to run 5 kilometer on healthy diet, yep. you'll feel a lot better. It's yep. easier to accomplish. Yep. Yep. But have a cheesecake, have an asalama, and then try it the next day. It's going to be a struggle. But you're telling someone, listen, for about 15 years, can you not eat nasi lemak and curry, <laughs> curry laksa and, and chao kway tiao and... 
how? Well, if you <laughs> if you want something, you have to sacrifice. It's either you sacrifice and be the best player you can be, or don't get involved in football. Find something where you can eat all those things. I think we may have just solved Malaysia's <laughs> problem here, you and me. <laughs> so who's a who's a footballer you admire more than anybody? It's going to be the most cliche answer, but it's Ronaldo. But okay, tell me why. I feel like he really, really, really worked hard to get to where he is. Yeah. And these qualities, a lot of people could use. Yeah. Because he didn't take the shortcut. He didn't expect the club to help him out. Nothing. He moved to Lisbon at like when he was 12. Yeah. That's such a hard thing to do, moving away from your home. When you're not even like out of your teens. I mean, I I remember when Manchester United signed him. I think they paid twelve million pounds for him, and I remember seeing his first three games, and he was all stepovers, and you were thinking, my goodness. And then I remember seeing the first interview with him, and he said, "I want to win the Ballon d'Or," <laughs> and I was like, I'd never heard that. Following an English team, I've never heard that coming from a player of an English team. And that really set him apart. And you read stories now about him having ice baths at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he con- totally controls his diet and, and stuff like that. And the fact that he doesn't have tattoos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. He is one player to, to look up to. What, what, what's a, what kind of football do you like? Do you, do you like your football played on the ground? Do you like a counter-attacking style? Do you like the ball over the top? Do you understand the offside rule? Of I'm, I'm insulting you, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> now, what kind of football? I mean, if you could coach a, a team of, of wily 16, 17-year-olds, they all listen to you, what kind of style would they be playing? I love to play counter-attack. I'm not a fan of tiki-taka. I think counter-attack is much more exciting. There's pace. There's something always happening on the pitch to look out for. People are not going to doze off because, oh, something else is happening. The passing stopped. N- none of that. I'm a big, big fan of the counter-attack rule. I mean, not rule, but just the style of play. Mm. And that's what I grew up uh, watching and falling in love with football because United back in the days, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, Nothing yeah. else, just counter-attack. I like the way you threw in the back <laughs> in the day. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, for, for me, I mean, one of the reasons I grew up sporting Manchester United, I think it came around 1977. Yeah, yeah I'm that old. <laughs> was because the fact that United played with two wingers. Mm-hmm. For me, that's how football, you need a left-footed left-winger, a right-footed right-winger, and they go bobbing down the wings. It's, it's very simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> Back then, we used to have um, Nani and Valencia oh, down yeah. the wings. Yes. We were unstoppable. Yeah. But Agreed. I don't understand why nowadays we don't see those things. Not just in United, but just in Premier League in general. So what club football team do you admire most today? I have to say Manchester United. Okay, apart <laughs> from your favourite team. Uh, I'm talking about style of football mm-hmm. being played and, and the way that they are. Tottenham. I think the way they play is very, very good these days. Good coach. <laughs> You like you like Pochettino? Sometimes, not all the time. There's things that I used to not agree, but I feel like he, from the early days, it was hard to understand what he was trying to do yeah. with the club. Yeah. But then as he grew into the, the team, and then you can see him putting his mark on it, then you can see what he's trying to do with them. And I think Harry Kane really benefited from the way that Agreed. he brought the team. Yeah. Agreed. And, and the way Dela Ali has infused himself from what? Football three levels below or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, brilliant stuff. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to find out 
where Kashika sees herself in five years' time. Stay tuned. This is Grandstand on BFM 89.9. Break from mediocrity. BFM 89.9. Sit back, talk sports and play ball. This is Grandstand. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. We are back. Back with Keshika Subarao, who is a female football coach, um, which is which is really strange in, in Malaysia, right? People look at you funny when, when they go, what do you do for a living? And you go, <laughs> I'm, I'm working football. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the most dreaded things that I have to answer when I go out to parties or events and someone new just walks up and they're like, hey, you know, I'm doing this. What do you do? And then you say football coach and then you have to give them like a three second pause and they register that. Then you see their light, eyes light up and how, mm-hmm. you know, they just go how. So <laughs> then you have to explain everything all over again. Um, family, don't give you stress about what you do. Doesn't your mom go, get a real job, darling? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't because uh, I've been in the football industry for nine, approaching ten years now. Wow. So it's a long time. I think all of this happened like when I was really young. So nowadays, I don't really have that stress. So today, these days, you you divide your time between coaching kids. Uh, you, you you write as well. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? I mean, you you, you say uh, I I read somewhere that you 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 scout players. So that's actually a different story. I don't scout them like on the pitch the traditional way. Uh huh. What happened was um, towards my the end of my time in England, the head of the Professional Football Scouting Association, he had heard about me and then he reached out to me. So he told me that he's going to give me a scholarship to do my scouting license. Oh and so I accepted. Uh-huh. I did the license, but this was towards the end of my stay. Okay. So I couldn't actually get any on-field experience. Okay. But what I did was I used the license and the experience to apply in analyzing matches, analyzing players. So you're a certified scout. Yes. What what entails scouting a talent? Do you have a list of does he have one head, two arms, <laughs> two legs? Well, you don't have a list, but it's more about intuition. And if you're used to the game, they teach you the things to look out for and the red lights, the warning signs and the things that you do look out for. Because for instance, you can have like two 12-year-olds mm-hmm. and one is so naturally gifted mm-hmm. and the other one c- can be, you know, not so gifted but really hardworking, motivated, yeah, humble. Yeah, yeah. And usually we are taught to give them a chance over these uh, naturally talented players uh-huh. because those kids, they can actually develop because skills you can teach. But attitude you can't change. Mm. So when you have a very naturally talented player, and then if they have um, problems, you know, attitude problems, they can't respect anyone, they can't work hard, and they have like this diva attitude, mm. you do not want to give those kind of players a chance because they're going to put you and your team, your management at risk. It's like Balotelli, yeah, basically. Yeah, he can't even put on a bib. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, how sad is that? Also, he played for the blue side of Manchester. <laughs> but that's a different story. <laughs> um, what 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 else you want to do then? Okay, so you you're, you're quite happy at the moment. Your your time is filled. You would you like to develop scouting? Would you like to 
ask out Malaysian players? I think Malaysia could do with that, right? Yeah, before this, we don't really have a proper system in we place. We still don't, darling. Yeah. We still don't. Because I hear chatters. Some people are trying to do this and that here and there. Yeah, yeah. But it's usually for profit. They just want to start a sort of a business to do scouting no matter whatever way and then make money out of it. So I think we should really implement a proper scouting system. And if the opportunity comes and I do see a way to implement that, I would love to get involved. But if not, I would love to do anything involving football. Meaning what? You you don't want to be an Adam Carruthers going, Hello, welcome to the World Cup. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't talk like that. Or Roshan going, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I'm only messing with you. But do, would, you, would you like to be in front of the camera? Would you like to do that? Well, it depends. In front of the camera, if I'm given the chance to express my opinion, not reading something someone else wrote. Oh, no, you, yeah. you're nearly always reading some, something someone else wrote. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's uh, why I want to start and, and expand my company because I want people that don't have a voice to have the chance to express their opinion, not be shackled because I have spent the past nine years trying to get opportunity and then finding out that this is what I have to do. Mm. You have to wear a tight dress, stand in front of the camera, mm-hmm. do this and that and I'm not going to waste my hard work and the things that I go through to get here. But a tight that. dress, I mean, won't <laughs> be wasted on you. I mean, I'm just saying that, you know. I'm <laughs> yeah, but then when you spend so many years working really hard to yeah, learn I, I the know, knowledge. I know, it cheapens yeah. everything that you've learned yeah. and, and, and you know and... and but unfortunately, you, you live in Malaysia, you live in Southeast Asia, and you know that in itself is, is a big challenge, yeah. right? Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you see yourself still coaching, still writing? I feel with like kids? I will always be coaching if I'm given the opportunity. I'll always be writing, even when I don't have the opportunity. But most of all, I see myself taking my football company to the next level. I want to do things that no one else is doing. I want to change the football scene in Southeast Asia because I think it's time and we're getting really, really far behind, especially if you look at the World Cup at the way Korea and Japan, which is the only Asian hope doing so badly. Agreed. And and the sad thing is they're talking about expanding it to a 48 team. You know, even if they expand it to 100, Malaysia wouldn't be there? Yeah. How sad is that, right? Yeah. yeah, uh, okay. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and, and go, all right, I like the sound of this girl. Let's go try and change the, the face of football in Malaysia. What should they do? Well, they can reach out to me um, on Instagram. There's my email address, yeah. Instagram. There's Twitter. So I'm very active on Instagram and Twitter, and I'll reply to emails. Okay. Are you looking forward to the new English season? I know you're a, you're a big Man United <laughs> fan. Your, your thoughts on Jose Mourinho? Initially, I didn't like him. Now, I'm not 100% behind all his ideas and philosophy, but I do see him taking the team. I mean, he has shown a lot of improvement, but I'm not very happy with the way that he's been placing Pogba in positions and really it's more like an iron fist thing where it's his rules or they can get out because I think there needs to be a relationship between coaches and players yeah and, and you being a coach uh, and you being a Man United fan mm-hmm. interesting thing I want to find out here is how do you feel about the treatment of say a young player like Luke Shaw he was England's hottest young left-footed player he played for Southampton United signed him for a lot of money and he's rotting away now at re- in the reserves. May may leave, right? Yeah. And this is the difference between I feel Ferguson and Mourinho. 
Ferguson nurtures young talent. Mourinho is more about his ego. He just wants to get things done his way. If not, you can leave. He doesn't care if you're the biggest name. I mean, you can do that when it's disrespect involved. You know, if they're yeah. being rude to you, but yeah. not just out of your own ego. If someone has a different opinion from you, you're just like, yeah, bench you, done. I your your, your ideal coach for your beloved Man United would be. Oh, that's a really tough one, but I think it would be great to give someone who is not, you know, a big name manager a chance. Don't say David Moyes, because no, I'm no, going, no, yeah, no. Thank you. He 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 is sort of a big name <laughs> <laughs> in Premier League. You know, he is yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of a big yeah, name, yeah, but yeah. you know, maybe someone that you know wants a chance but haven't had the chance. It's hard to see that happening in, yeah. with, with big clubs these days. Yeah, ha, that's it. I mean, have you enjoyed talking to us? Oh, of course. <laughs> Anything else you want to say to people out there? How about giving women a chance and stuff like that? Oh yes, definitely. Personally, that's my biggest obstacle when I came back to Malaysia. Still today. Still today, and I feel like we have a very, very long way to go in changing that because the things that I've seen and experienced firsthand. I can't even believe it, and when I repeat the story to other people, even they are appalled and shocked. Yeah, well, this is Malaysia. I, 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 I these days I just raise half an eyebrow and go, mm, yeah, all right. But then we have to change something. If yeah, not, I everyone's going to suffer. I agree. I agree. Uh, do you see Malaysia ever getting to a World Cup? In yes. Your, in your lifetime. Yes. I've given up. <laughs> I ask myself that question, and the answer is no. I, I do believe we can. But we really, really need to start making the changes now. If not, then I do think that it's not possible. But if we start making the changes right now, like this year, I agree. We can agree. because I mean, look at Germany. That's why I like yeah. them. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Even if we if we revamp school football today, right now, in ten years' time, we'll actually see something. Not just football. Uh, every sports in the school level. Let's just start with football. Yeah. Forget the others. Forget the others. Listen, <laughs> brilliant stuff. Um. That's it. Uh, that's all the time. Listen, I, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. You, you've enjoyed talking to yes, us? Yes, definitely. I had fun. We, we hope to see much more of you in the BFM studios. <laughs> Thanks a lot for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening, guys. Back soon with another episode of Grandstand. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for more Grandstand on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.